0: Say it, louder. Why you say, you say it again. Say Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Father Day. Philippians chapter 4. If you found your place, you can. Would you stand? I'm going to read just two verses. And then I'm going to give you a thought that the Lord put on my heart earlier this week, and uh, I don't know exactly how long I'll preach. It might not be that long. I'm getting a late start. I'm getting a late start, just so you'll know. So uh, anyhow, look at verse number 8, Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8. Brother Daniel Backer did a devotion out of these verses earlier this week, or last week, or a couple of weeks ago, one Sunday morning. And, uh, but, uh, I want to key in on verse number 9, but look at verse number 8. The Bible says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. Do and the God of peace shall be with you. I want to focus on verse number 9 where he says, those things with you which you both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. One deals with our education, learned and received, and the other one deals with our example, what he's seen and what he's heard. But he says to do them. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the day. Help us, I pray, as we Enter into the message. I pray the Holy Spirit's help would be on the service. We'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. In uh, the book of Philippians, the church of Philippi was a very special church to the, uh, to the apostle Paul. And the apostle Paul writing to this church now under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit encourages them to do several things and, and to follow his influence, to think on certain things, to discipline their mind, To think about certain things and to think a certain way. But then as well, not only to discipline their mind to think on certain things, but also to discipline their life to do certain things. Now when it comes to our influence, there are some problems that we may face when it comes to our influence. One of those problems is the problem of rejection. And what I mean by that is, is sometimes people don't want our influence, right? As bad as we would like to influence somebody's life, and surely the Apostle Paul was one that influenced the the lives of the people of the church at Philippi, but not everybody wants the influence of someone in their life or a particular person. And especially if it's somebody that you really want to influence. Sometimes it's a son, sometimes it's a daughter, sometimes it's just a close friend or whatever the case may be, but they just do not want your influence and that rejection hurts that rejection is something that causes us to think, man, you know, am I doing any of anything of value? Am I doing anything to help somebody? Am I doing anything that's going to last in eternity? And it's because we have our focus on a particular person and it's our desire is to, our desire is to influence them in a positive way, but they may not want our influence. Not only when it comes to influence that we have the problem of rejection, but then we have the problem of reception. The ones that we want to influence, of course, do not accept our influence. They've rejected it, but it's not only that, it's the one that we want to influence. Oftentimes, we have a particular person that we would love to be friends with and help influence them in their life. We have someone maybe that we just have our focus on, our desire to help. We want to be a blessing to them. We want to be a help to them. But they're interested in receiving help from somewhere else. They're not necessarily interested in receiving help from us, so they, they don't receive our help like they would somebody else's help. It's not so much that they're rejecting our help. It's not so much that they're telling us no. It's just that they found someone else that they would rather be influenced by more than you And so that kind of causes us a little bit of hurt too because they're not receiving the influence that we would like to give. So there's that rejection problem, then there's a reception problem, and then there's a respect problem. Sometimes, Sometimes people don't respect us to allow us to influence them. Sometimes because of something maybe we've done, something we've said. Maybe it's just because there's no respect there because in their mind, the person we're trying to influence, in their mind, we have not accomplished enough to earn their respect. And so when there's that lack of respect there, there's a problem with that influence in their life. So either they don't respect us or maybe we don't respect them. There's some people that maybe would like to have our influence, but because we don't see any potential in their life, We don't invest our life in them. Because we don't see the potential in their life to maybe accomplish something or be something. We just say to ourselves, I'm not going to waste my time with them. I would rather invest my time in this one, but this one doesn't even want my help. This one doesn't even receive my help. Their interest is somewhere else. This one, Maybe their interest is in the world or maybe their interest is in something else or maybe their interest is in someone else, but they don't want my help, but I want to help them, but I don't want to help this person. Sometimes that can cause a problem. That lack of respect for someone else can cause a problem with us being an influence. Now, when I think about the Apostle Paul, I think about here was a man, without a doubt, that had a life that was very influential in a lot of people's lives. There's a man, this is a man, the Apostle Paul, who was Saul of Tarsus. Here was a man who was quite influential, to say the least. I mean, here's a man that wrote probably 14 books of the Bible, 14 books of the New Testament. God the Father used him to write 14 letters 14 epistles to different churches and different groups of people and influenced those churches and those people for the glory of God. God used His life, without a doubt, in a great way. And without a doubt, He was one that influenced a lot of people. And throughout the New Testament, there are verses that encourage us. When we think of the Apostle Paul, there's a lot of times we think to ourselves, I would like to be able to influence people like the the Apostle Paul did. I would like to be able to influence people in the things of righteousness. I would like to be able to influence people to cause them to maybe achieve and attempt great things for God. I would like to be able to do that. And the Bible encourages us to endeavor to influence other people. The Bible encourages us to do that. As a matter of fact, In the book of Second Timothy, chapter number two, in verse number two, the Bible says, "And the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also." Here, the apostle Paul is telling his young son in the faith, Timothy, who was deeply influenced by the apostle Paul. He's now telling Timothy, Timothy, you need to influence other men who will be able to go out and influence others also. other faithful men, other men who are faithful to the cause, other men, you need to make sure that your life is an influence to them because you need to influence people for righteousness. Second Thessalonians chapter three verses seven through nine, the Bible says, "For yourselves know how you ought to follow us, Paul says to the church of Thessalonica. For we behaved not ourselves disorderly among you, neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day that we might not be chargeable to any of you, not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an ensample unto you to follow us. Here the Apostle Paul says, I've set myself up as an example for you to use my life to follow In order that you might be close to God. Paul was trying to influence people. The apostle Paul was trying to influence the people of Thessalonica you and I should as well be trying to influence people in the in the right paths and righteousness and godliness. We should set ourselves up as an example. We should be willing to allow scrutiny in our lives and allow ourselves to be used as an example or a model of what Christianity should be. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 13, verse number 7, Remember them which have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation. Those who have been an authority over you, those who have uh, been examples unto you, those who have tried to teach you, those who have left an example of faith, we need to allow their, them to influence us. Why? So that we can influence other people in righteousness. And we can say what we want to, but somebody somewhere is looking up to us. Somebody is looking to us as an example, regardless of who you are, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're a teenager or a young person, whomever, somebody is looking to you as an example. Therefore, you need to provide a positive example. First Peter chapter number two and verse number 21, the Bible says there, for even hereunto were ye called because Christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that ye should follow in His steps. We are supposed to be following Christ. Why did Christ do all that He did? Why did Christ suffer the way He suffered? Why did Christ go through all of the, uh, all of the uh, issues and the problems that He faced in His life? Why did He do that? To leave us an example that we could follow to try to influence us in the ways of righteousness in order that we might know how we ought to live. 1 Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse number 17, the Bible says, For this cause I have sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. So now Paul is now sending Timothy to the church at Corinth to let them know that, hey, he's here to influence you because I've influenced him. And in so, in by doing so, he's going to influence you. And by doing so, I am going to influence you because He's going to teach you my ways. He's going to teach you what I've been doing. He's going to teach you what, what uh, how to live the Christian life. You need to follow Him. First Corinthians 11 verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ, Now I praise you, brethren, that ye remember me in all things and keep the ordinance as I delivered them to you. So here he encourages them that they're obeying the commandments that he gave. But here he says, be ye followers together of me... As I follow Christ, I am looking to Christ as my example. You look to me as your example, and you follow me as I follow the Lord. Philippians chapter number three, verse number seventeen: Brethren, be ye followers together of me, and mark them which which so walk, uh, which walk so as ye have for an example. He said, Don't not, not only follow me, but look at other people who are doing right. And mark them and observe them and learn from them and allow them to influence your life. I said all those verses and showed all those verses to let 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 us know that our text verse as well, verse number nine, he says, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, that he, what he's in trying to do is he's endeavoring people, he's endeavoring to be an influence of godliness and righteousness to the people with whom he comes in contact. You know, as a dad, as a dad or a father, or even, let me just say this, even as a man, we need godly examples in our lives. As men, boy, we need some godly men who are willing to stand for what is right and to know what the Bible teaches and to teach the Word of God and to live the Word of God and to show people the Bible view of things, give God's opinion on things instead of giving the world's opinion on things. And so the reason we do that is in order that we might influence another generation, that we might influence another man, another group of people, that we might be an influence in their lives. Now, it is incumbent upon us as men, Especially and especially fathers to provide an influence of righteousness and not of unrighteousness. It's incumbent upon us as men to provide an influence of righteousness. Men ought to be the spiritual leaders, right? Men ought to be the ones, according to what the Bible teaches, the men are to be the spiritual leaders in the home. The men are to be the spiritual leaders in the church. The men ought to be the spiritual leaders in our communities and in our society. It ought to be men that are standing up and taking the leadership and the authority and saying, you know what? I'm going to provide an example. The rest of the world may go that way, but I'm not going to go that way. The rest of the world may agree to accept a wickedness and filth and ungodliness as, as okay and normal, but you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm going to have it in my life that I'm going to live for God and I'm going to be a righteous example as opposed to an unrighteous example. One does not become an influence without first being influenced, right? Right? We do not become an influence unless we have, first of all, been influenced by someone else. Now, who's influencing you? Who is influencing you? The Apostle Paul is asking a group of people to say, listen, I'm Paul is saying, I'm living the Christian life. I'm trying to be a testimony for the Lord. I'm trying to live for Jesus. I'm trying to serve the Lord. Now, I'm allowing myself to be an influence and I want you to follow my example. I want you to do what I've done. I want you to be what I've been. I want you to, if you please, I want you to live the way I live because I'm trying to follow Christ and I want you, as you see Christ in me, I want you to pick up those things in my life that look like Christ and I want you to put them in your life. Why? Why? So that you can teach somebody else to pick up something in his life and her life so that they can be influenced in righteousness and godliness. And so he's encouraging them to be influenced by someone else. There is no one who is without some influence in their life. Regardless of who you are. Now I know what some people say, well, I, no, I'm my own man. No such thing. There's no such thing as your own man. You are your own man making your own decisions, but you're making your decisions based on the influences you've had in your life. Based on how you've been taught. Based on things you've been taught, what is right. It's not. It's, it may be all based on, somebody might have told you, you need to do what you want to do. You need to be the kind of man you want to be. You need to just follow your own ambitions and your own desires. Somebody influenced you and taught you that, and so now you're doing those things. And you know what? You're teaching somebody else to do that. Whether you want to admit it or not, you're teaching somebody else to do that. You're being an example and you're being an influence. Even the man who says he does what he wants was influenced by someone to think he was supposed to do what he wants. Somebody taught him. Somebody showed him an example. Somebody showed him some, somebody out there showed him something somewhere that he said, you know, and that's who I want to be like because he does his own thing. He does what He wants to do. He lives His life the way He wants to live it. And that's who I want to be like. I want to be like that kind of guy. There's an influence that is there. Now, the Lord wants us to be an influence for righteousness and right. The Lord wants us to be an influence for the Word of God. The Lord wants us to be an influence on what is truth and what is good and proper and holy and just. The Lord wants us to be an influence on those things that are the Bible tells us that, that we ought to think on. Uh, think on whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, and if there be any virtue and if there be any praise. That's what we should be an influence on. We should be an influence on those things. So how does one become an influence in what is right? And that's what I want to preach on for just a few minutes this morning on becoming... The right kind of influence. I don't know about you, but I want to influence people to do right. I don't want it to be said. I believe it was Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon used to smoke cigars. I believe it was Charles Spurgeon used to smoke cigars. And the reason that he stopped smoking cigars was because there was an ad in a London paper that said, smoke the brand that Spurgeon smokes. And he said, I don't want to be known to influence people to smoking cigars. I'd rather have them know uh, to uh, to read the Word of God and to be uh, uh, an example of righteousness. So he quit smoking cigars at that point. He quit smoking cigars because he realized he was being a wrong influence. I don't know about you, but I want to be a right kind of influence. I want to be the right kind of influence on young younger people Younger men, new converts, older men. I appreciate the men that are my peers and my friends that influence my life in a positive way, that challenge my life to cause me to love my wife more, to love my family more, to love my church more, to love the Lord more, to love the Word of God more. I appreciate those men who have influenced in my, have influence in my life and that have been a positive influence in my life. There are men and there are people who have been a negative influence, but I've tried not to allow that influence to rule my life, but rather I've tried to allow the positive influence, the good influence, the influence of right and righteousness to influence my life. The Apostle Paul, as I said, in my opinion, I don't guess there's any more more influential person in the Bible than the Apostle Paul. The reason I say that, other than the Lord Himself, there's probably, especially in the New Testament, because the Lord used him to write 13 or 14 books of the 27 New Testament books. He wrote the majority of the New Testament under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He was allowing God to influence him so that he could be a, a, a witness and a testimony. And now look at all the people that he influences nowadays. And so you have the penman for the Word of God. And there's no doubt that he has had he has uh, has uh, had had more recorded opportunities to influence people than anyone else. Obviously, he did because he wrote about those opportunities to influence people. He wrote about those churches, those areas where he went to take the gospel. He wrote about Colossae. He wrote about, uh, he wrote about Galatia. He wrote about the church at Corinth. He wrote about Rome. All those areas where he was allowed at some point through some means, maybe through someone else, but he was encouraged or he was allowed to be an influence in somebody else's life. And probably, as I said, nobody in the New Testament has been talked about more as far as their influence. I think of David in the Old Testament. King David in the Old Testament was the epitome of what a king was supposed to be. He was allowed allowed his life to be a testimony of influence. And then we can look at the Apostle Paul, as I said, in the New Testament. There's probably no one, so in considering a spiritual influence, what influenced Paul so that he could become an influence in righteousness? What was it that influenced the Apostle Paul that caused him to become such a great influence to other people. That's what I want to talk about, as I said, on how uh, to be a proper influence, how to be a spiritual influence. There are several things, four things that in particular, and we'll use the book of Acts. Go with me to the book of Acts chapter number 9. In the book of Acts chapter number 9, we'll find out several things that the Apostle Paul was used because now he's telling people to do these things in the book of Philippians chapter number 4. He's telling us to do these things, so what is He wanting to do? What is He wanting to influence our lives? Well, first, I believe if you look at the life of the Apostle Paul, you'll find out that Christ influenced his life. There's no doubt in my mind. If you look in Flip in Acts chapter number nine, you'll find out that Paul was breathing out threatenings and slaughters, verse number one, against the disciples of the Lord, and went unto the high priest and desired letters of him to Damascus to the synagogues that if any uh, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he answered in verse number number 5, And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said unto him, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? There it is. How do you want to influence me? What do you, what do I need to do? What am I doing wrong? The apostle Paul had a great heritage. The apostle Paul had a lot of things going for him. But here he meets the Lord on the road to Damascus and the Lord says, Paul, it's hard for you to keep kicking against me. It's hard for you to keep fighting against me. It's hard for you to keep prodding, uh, kicking against the goads that are trying to push you to righteousness. Paul, Saul, when are you going to change? And he said, I don't even know who you are. He introduced himself. And when he introduced himself, he said, what wilt thou have me to do? And he said, Arise and go to the city. And he told him what to do. And the Bible says in verse number 9, In three days without he was without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. Then look at verse number 22. And Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. Do you see what he did? He allowed Christ to influence his life. And when he allowed Christ to influence his life, he began to go out and tell everybody, Hey, guess who's influenced my life? This was the man who was trying to find the people who were part of the church. This was the man who was trying to find people who were followers of Jesus Christ. And he was trying to hail them and bring them in for judgment and for wrath and for punishment. He was trying to bring them in because they were teaching things that were contrary to the Jewish law. But now he says, I met the one that they're preaching about. I've met the one that they're talking about. I've met the one that they keep telling about that are of that way. And that Christ, this very Christ, has made a change in my life and He's influenced me. He's influenced my faith. I no longer believe the same things I used to believe about God. There was one time where he said that he did those things that were that he thought he was supposed to do, those things contrary to the name of Jesus Christ. There was one place where he said I was doing things that I thought I was supposed to do and they were contrary to Christ. But now... I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Now I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. Now I'm of that way. I'm doing what Jesus said. Now instead of just doing what the law says, now I'm doing what Jesus said. Now instead of just doing what everybody else tells me to do, I'm doing what Jesus told me to do. He said, He's influenced my faith. He's influenced my facts. The things now that I used to believe and I believed were facts are now, I understand, were not necessarily totally facts. Some of it was just religious influence. Some of it was just religious uh, tradition. Some of it was just something else, whatever it was. But now I know the facts of who Jesus is. There were those that told me that Jesus was not the Messiah, but I found out that this is the very Christ. The word Christ is the same as Messiah in the Old Testament. The word Christ is the anointed one. I know who Jesus is. Boy, aren't you glad you know who Jesus is? If you're saved by the grace of God, listen, I know one thing is for sure, that Christ influenced my life. There were some things that I used to believe that I don't believe anymore, and the reason I don't believe them anymore is because I found out the truth of the Word of God. There's some things I used to hold to that I don't hold to anymore because I found out what Jesus had to say, and He influenced my faith. There are some things that I used to not understand that I understand now. Why? Because I've gotten the facts on those things and I got those things through Jesus Christ and Christ has influenced my life. Brother Danny just sang the song about thanks to Calvary I'm not the man I used to be. Some of you were kind of the man that he was talking about in the song some of you may have been like them some of you may have been drunkards some of you may have been uh, 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 other kinds of lives of carousers and so on some of you may have had a wicked, wicked past but thanks to Calvary thanks to what? thanks to the influence of a holy God through Jesus Christ you now believe things you used to not believe you now hold to things you used to not hold to you now do things you used to normally not do and now there's some things that you don't do anymore because you're doing those other things why? Because Christ has influenced your life. Christ influenced Paul's life. Not only that, number two. If you want to be a good influence, let me just say this. If you want to be a positive influence, you need to let Christ influence your life. I don't know what it is. I don't know where we got it in our mind that it's cool to be a negative influence on people. But it ain't cool. I'm sorry, it's not cool. It's not cool to be a negative influence. It's not cool to have people lose respect for you because you're a negative influence. If you'll allow Christ to influence your life, you can become a positive influence. Oh, that number two, Christ. Number two, this this is probably going to bother some people. But not only did he allow Christ to influence his life, but he allowed the church to influence his life. If you look at verse number 26 of chapter number 9, it says, When Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples. He wanted to join the church. When he got to Jerusalem, he essayed. the word assayed means he made an attempt to join, to glue, to fasten together, to cleave to the disciples. He said, I want to be like one of you all. I want to come to your church. I want to be a part of your church. But they were afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him in and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how that he had seen the Lord in the way and he had spoken to him and how that he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus and he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem and he spake boldly in the name of Je- the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians but they went about to slay him. Uh, they went about to slay him. Verse number 30. And when the, when the brethren knew... Uh, which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Listen, then had all the churches rest throughout Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Now do you see what happened? The Apostle Paul, or Saul at this time, before his name was changed, but Saul of Tarsus... He was born again on the road to Damascus. He met the Lord. Christ influenced his life. As he goes goes about, he begins to preach to those folks at Damascus. And then when he comes to Jerusalem, he says, I'd like to be a part of the church. And the church says, you know, we've heard about you. Because just in the early part of the chapter in verse number 1, remember he was breathing out threatenings and slaughters. Remember, he had letters from the high priest that he was supposed to hail those men and women, anybody who was of that way. And he was supposed to bring them and put them in jail. And he was supposed to persecute them and probably put some of them to death. He had letters from the high priest to do so. And so when he shows up at church, you know, all of a sudden, people get a little nervous. I mean, how would you feel if, uh, let's say, there was an individual, and I'm not trying to be funny here, but think about it. Uh, let's say that there was a man who was a Muslim terrorist who showed up at our church. Who all of a sudden comes in and he says, "I'm a believer in Jesus Christ now." I'm just going to be honest with you. I might have to back up and say, "Wait a minute, I got to see this." You're going to have to. I, I know what. I know a little bit about what your doctrine teaches. I know a little bit about what you're willing to do. But I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm going to be a little bit skeptical. And it wasn't until the Apostle Paul went out and began to preach. And when he began to preach boldly in Damascus, and it wasn't uh Barnabas said, Listen, you don't understand what this guy did. He went into Damascus and started preaching to the people there. And he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, and they went out about to slay him. There, there were people that were trying to slay the Apostle Paul. He had made people mad, so angry that they were ready to kill him. And it wasn't until then that they realized that the Apostle Paul had been influenced by Jesus Christ. So when that happened, guess what? He involved. He, he said, I want the church, I want to allow this church, I want to allow these people, I want you all to influence my life. So what did he do? He involved himself in the ministries. What do I need to do to prove to you that I want to be a part of you? Well, you're going to have to preach. You're going to have to start being a witness you're gonna to have to start testifying. Okay? I'll do it. I'll go out and testify and I'll go out and I'll go out into Jerusalem and he was going in and out at Jerusalem and he spake boldly in Jerusalem and he disputed against the Grecians and he was preaching to them and so much so that it caused everybody to be angry with the Apostle Paul. I have a book on Judaism that's in my study. In that book on Judaism, do you realize... Now this is written from a Jewish standpoint. It's not written from a saved man, but it's written from a Jewish standpoint. And in that book on Judaism, do you know that they said they express more hatred for Paul the Apostle or Saul of Tarsus than they do for the Lord Jesus Christ? Why? Because he influenced so many Jews to believe in Jesus Christ. How did he do that? He made himself a part of the church. He got involved in the church. He got involved in their ministries. He invested himself in their message. He said, I want to be a part of, of the message. It was one man whose involvement that gave the church rest. It was one man who decided to get involved in the message of the church that caused all the churches of the area to have rest, that caused all the churches of the area to grow, to have comfort, What would happen if a few men decided, you know what, I'm going to get involved at the house of God. I'm going to allow the church to dictate my schedule. I'm going to allow the things going on at the house of God. I'm going to involve myself in the ministry of the church and in the message of the church. I'm going to sell out to the church, the house of God, and allow the church to influence my life. What kind of influence would that be in our church and in other churches of the area? He allowed the church to influence his life. Listen, if, you, if, all, if all you ever want to be is just a spectator, you'll never influence anybody to righteousness. If all you want to do is just come in, sit down, go through the motions and go out, you'll never influence anybody to righteousness. And it doesn't matter if Christ has influenced you because you don't tell anybody about what Christ has done. You don't ever testify about what Christ has done. You don't testify on the outside. You don't testify on the inside. You just come in, you sing a song, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, walk out, do your thing, go through your routine. That's your routine on Sunday. And there's never any influence in righteousness. The Apostle Paul said, no, I want the church to influence me. I want to be involved in the church. I want to be involved in the ministries and I want to be invested in the message. The Apostle Paul was so invested in the message of the church that they sought to slay him, and yet it brought peace and mercy. It brought peace and, and comfort and grace. And the church was edified throughout all Judea and in Judea and Galilee and in Samaria. They were edified, walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, and were multiplied. Man, they they saw what happened in Paul's life, and they said, Man, if God did that for Paul. What could, what could God do for me? If God did that to Saul of Tarsus, what could God do for me? And they invested themselves in the church. Are you allowing the church to influence you? None of that. Number three, Christ is your influence. None of that. Number two, church is your influence. Number three, Christians are your influence. Now that kind of dovetails together between the church and Christians. But you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the Apostle Paul or Saul of Tarsus That was allowed to come in until somebody invested their life in him. Barnabas, the Bible says, when Saul decided to join in verse number 27, Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. Had, there was somebody who was willing to allow, to be influenced and to allow himself to influence somebody else and to allow, uh, to allow people to talk badly about him for being friends with this one named Saul of Tarsus. In Acts chapter number 11, verse number 25, the Bible says, Then departed Barnabas uh, to Tarsus for to seek Saul, verse number 26, And when they had found him and brought him unto Antioch, it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. I want you to see what happened here. As the Apostle Paul, as Barnabas invested his life in the Apostle Paul, he allowed Barnabas to teach him. And when he allowed Barnabas to teach him, he allowed Barnabas to teach him how to become a Christian. And guess what? Then Paul goes to Tarsus. The Bible says uh, in verse number, uh, verse number, uh, number chapter, verse number, chapter eleven, verse number twenty-five. Barnabas went to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when they had found him, and brought him into Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church. Now, what's happening? Because, because Saul was willing to allow Barnabas to teach him, now Saul is teaching other people how to live the Christian life. And he's investing himself among other, his influence, he was influenced to surrender. He was, he was allowed, allowed himself to be taught. He was willing to be yielded to be taught. Boy, if we've got a, if there's anything missing in our day, we don't have people who want to be taught. They know everything. They know everything about the Bible. They know everything about God. They know everything about the church. they got all this stuff figured out. Nobody wants to be taught. Nobody wants to be discipled. And you know what? As a result, you're not going to end up discipling anybody toward righteousness. You're going to end up discipling people toward wrong you're going to end up discipling people. I still remember the young lady, the man that I witnessed two years ago, who said, uh, he said, my mama always taught me that all I have to do is just do right, do do what's good, and, and at the end of my life, a big scale will be out there, and I'll be weighed in the balances, and if my good just barely outweighs my bad, then I'll make it into heaven. And he said, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but that's what I've always believed, because mama taught me. When I showed him what the Bible said, he would not even listen to what the Bible said because his mama had taught him something and you know what there's people that won't listen to the Bible anymore because somebody taught them something wrong they just won't listen but you know what Saul said I want to do this right Barnabas teach me and Barnabas taught him and he listened to what Barnabas taught and then they ended up going to Antioch. And when they got ended up in, in the city of Antioch, while they ended up there, he was influencing other people. Not only did he was he influenced to surrender, but he was influenced to serve. And he influenced other people to serve. He allowed other people to be uh, an influence on him to serve. But then he was also influencing other people to serve. I'm not trying to pin any accolades on me or anything like that, but I just want to show you how this works. When I was 17 years old, I was saved. When I was 16, I was saved in April. In April of uh, 1981, I was born again. Immediately, probably, well, I say immediately. In June, I started working on our church's bus route. April, May, June. I figured, well, I need to be baptized, so I was baptized, and then uh, it wasn't long after that that in June that I started working. In the on the bus route after I started working on the bus route I started going on visitation every Saturday the man who discipled me told me he said you need to be on visitation on Saturday this is our route we need to visit this route we need to visit it every Saturday we need to be there every Saturday we need to go at the same time they need to know when to expect us and when we go knock on the door we need to go talk to them." and he taught me all this stuff and so I did it with him I did it with him. Well, then he started telling me, Saturday's not good enough. If you're off on Thursday night, you need to come on visitation on Thursday. Why? Because the church has visitation on Thursday. Oh, okay. So I started going on visitation on Thursday. It was in January the following year that I led my first person to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. January of the following year. My pastor told it to the church. You know the young man with the long hair? that's been coming to our church, that works on the bus route? He led his first soul to Jesus Christ this past weekend and led his first soul to Christ. Isn't that a blessing? That's what my pastor said. The next Thursday, a man by the name of Adrian Collins showed up with his family Bible to go on visitation. I'm standing there. He's standing there. And my pastor looks at Adrian Collins and said, Brother Collins, would you like to tell people why you're here? And he said, well, I figure if a toe-headed 17-year-old could do it, I could do it. He started going on visitation because a 17-year-old kid decided to go on visitation, decided to be influenced. You never know who you're influencing. And you might, be, you might think, well, I'm too young to influence somebody. No, if you'll just do right, you might be surprised who, what older person might be influenced by you if you'll just do right. If you'll just be an example. Be willing to be a Christian. Be willing to be somebody who's willing to live. Will it? Be willing to be somebody who's willing to be taught and somebody who's willing to serve. You'll teach others to be willing to be taught and you'll teach others to be willing to serve. It's, it's amazing how it works. Paul allowed Christ to be an influence in his life. Paul allowed the church to be an influence in his life. Paul allowed Christians to be influence, an influence in his life. But finally, Paul allowed character to be an influence in his life. What I mean by character, that's just doing what I ought to do as a believer. Just fulfilling the obligation, the duty as a Christian. Well, What's my duty as a Christian? Well, the Bible says "But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses. We'll always be witnessing, testifying to whomever, saved or lost, telling somebody about the goodness of God, telling somebody about the grace of God, the mercy of God. The blessings of God upon your life. Telling somebody how good God's been. Bowing your head in a restaurant. You'd be surprised how much of a witness that is when, you, when people see you bow your head in a restaurant. You'd be surprised. You, I, 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 when I go, if we go out to eat, my family goes out to eat, I watch people when they come in. And I'm sorry, please forgive me, but I judge people. They won't pray. Oh, that family looks sharp. That family will probably pray. Let's watch and see if they pray. And while I'm sitting there watching, then they, I'm sitting there looking, and I'm acting like I'm not watching, but I'm looking, and I wait to see if they pray, and sure enough, they pray. What about that? And I want to go over to them. There's something in me that gets so excited, I think to myself, I want to go over to them and say, thanks for praying. I knew you'd pray. I want. To. I don't always do that. I have a time or two, but I don't always do that. But there are some people that I want to go over and say, I knew you wouldn't pray. I can tell by the way you were talking when you came in, I knew you weren't going to pray and thank God for that food, even though God gave you the food. God gave you the wherewithal to do it. Then I want to preach to them, and I, I don't think they'd like that if I started to preach to them on the table. But just being a witness, just doing as a Christian what I'm supposed to be doing. The Apostle Paul's life was just doing What he was supposed to do. He said, I have labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. Grace just taught him to do it, and he did it. This is what I'm supposed to do as a Christian. Barnabas taught him. The church taught him. Finally, if you look down in chapter number 13, chapter number 13, verses 1 through 3, the Holy Spirit swings by and separates Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them when they they fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them... They sent them away. The Apostle Paul went and did. He fulfilled his work as a witness and he fulfilled his work as a preacher of the gospel. So much so that when he came to his end of his life, he said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. You know, it's sad to say, but I don't know. I hope I can say that. I I feel like I'm going to leave a lot of things unfinished but I hope I don't. I just know my character. I know who I am. I know what I am. And I know sometimes I'm easily sidetracked. I guess I have spiritual ADD. It doesn't take much to get my focus somewhere else. And that's, bad on my, that's a bad testimony on my part. But if I know my heart, I want to be able to say, man, I finished what God told me to do. And He finished the work. Paul set himself up as an example. Jesus set himself up as an example. And he encourages us to do the same thing, to set ourselves up as an example. We had Brother Caleb Garraway that was here. And he quoted that song, that verse from that song, Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. You know what I found out? I found out I don't have to be married to be a right influence. I can just I can be a teenager or a young person and I can just live for God. I don't have to be married to be a right influence. I don't have to be I don't have to be rich to be a right influence. I just have to live for God. I don't have to I don't have to be I don't have to be someone who has been a Christian all their life and been in church all their life. I just have to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing right now to be an influence for righteousness. You can be an influence for righteousness. You're an influence one way or the other. One way or the other, you are an influence, however you want to say it. You don't have to be a dad to be an influence, but dads, we ought to be a positive influence on our homes. No doubt about it. We ought to be a positive influence for righteousness on our homes. But you don't have to be a dad to be an influence. You can be a young person. You can be anybody and be an influence. But the thing of it is you ought to want to be the right influence. And if you want to be a right influence, let Christ influence your life. If you want to be a right influence, let the church influence your life. If you want to be a right influence, let other Christians influence your life. If you want to be a right influence, let character influence, Just do right. Do what you know you're supposed to do as a child of God, as a believer in Jesus Christ. Do what you know you're supposed to do. Fulfilling a witness and fulfilling your work, just do what you're supposed to do. And you can be a witness. You can be be an influence for righteousness. I was listening as the ladies testified about their dads. Several of the ladies said this. My dad was not outspoken. My dad was soft-spoken. My dad was not this. My dad was not that. But he left a good example. You know what that told me? You don't have to say a lot of words to be an influence. Just be steady. Just keep doing right. Paul said a lot of words. Would you not agree with that? Paul said a lot of words. But one that didn't say a lot of words was Barnabas. Barnabas, there's, not a lot, there's no book of Barnabas in the Bible. But Barnabas was such an influence on the Apostle Paul that Paul became an influence on many other lives. D.L. Moody was one of the greatest preachers that lived in yesteryear, but he's influenced by a Sunday school teacher who just made a statement and told him it's yet to be seen what God can do with a man who's totally surrendered to Him. And D.L. Moody said, by the grace of God, I intend to be that man. You don't have to say a lot, just be faithful. And you can be an influence for righteousness. You need to take inventory of yourself and see how am I influencing others. Is it for the glory of God or is it for the glory of self? And if it's for the glory of self, allow yourself to be influenced by these things. And I think you'll be surprised how much of an influence you will become for righteousness. Would you stand with your heads bowed? Father, I thank you and praise you for the day... Thank You for Your love and Your care. Thank You for Your mercy. Thank You for the Lord Jesus Christ who gave His life for us. I do pray that the Holy Spirit will convince men of sin. And if there's somebody here that's never been saved, I pray that they would be saved today. For the child of God, for those of us who are saved, I pray that You'd help us to see ourselves, search us, as the psalmist said. See if there's any wicked way in us. See if we're influencing somebody in a negative way. And if we are, Give us the boldness and the courage to be able to admit our wrong and correct it. And it'll help us to allow Christ to influence us, the church to influence us, other Christians to influence us, and Christian character to influence us. In Jesus' name we do pray and give thanks. Amen. The instruments are playing, the altar is open. If God's spoken to you, I encourage you to do business with the Lord. Especially as a man, I would encourage you to Take inventory. Where's your influence? What is your influence like? As a mom, how are you influencing that young lady, that daughter in your home, that young lady in the church? Husband, how are you influencing your wife? We're an influence one way or the other. Wife, how are you influencing your husband? Does he feel like he can conquer the world because of you? Or does he feel like a piece of dirt because of you? You obey the Lord today and ask God to change your influence if it needs to be changed.